the world is covered in unimaginable numbers of ancient megalithic sites built by civilizations and people that we know nothing about. Structures like this that were built by some people in ancient times. And when they were finished building this one, they decided to build one of these. They said, let's drag a bunch of rocks from Wales and put them up in a circle. And somebody said, well, why should we do that? Because it's cool. And they went into the desert and they built a big statue because they didn't have any statues. And the reason I realized just recently why they could do all this stuff in ancient times. They didn't have jobs to go to every day. They had all this time on their hands to do stuff with. Say, what shall we do today? Hey, let's go and build some of these pyramidal kind of things right next to this big statue in the desert. They went near Israel and built these big platforms with giant rocks. And they went up the mountain in South America and they built more rocks that fitted into each other. And they thought, wow, it'll freak out people in the future. And they went and carved big statues and put them under a roof of solid stone and rock because they needed statues and they needed some place to go and worship and offer food to these statues. And they built Faces, uh, wall faces with faces sticking out them. And why did they do that? Because it's going to freak people out. And they did that because they had all this time. One of the guys said, look, what we've never done yet is dig a hole and surround the hole with giant stones. So they said, well, let's do that. So they did that. Why should we do it? Because we can. So they did that. And then one said, wow, that's amazing, huh? I said, did, what did I just hear you say? Did you say, huh? Said, wow, I think that that is a really cool letter for an alphabet. We don't have an alphabet yet, but I think let's start with her as a first letter of the alphabet. So they went up the mountain and they carved a whole lot of hers. They went up the mountain and carved a whole city out of solid rock. And they said, we need more pillars on top of a platform. What is clearly evidential is that these people could hold their breath for a long, long time because then they went under the water, under the oceans, and they did this only because they could hold their breath. Otherwise, they could never do this. Then they went into the jungles and they built these kind of things. They're really scary. And they built more statues and chopped their heads off because that was freaky. And then another guy said, what we've never done is taken a big rock and hollow the rock out. So they went and they hollowed a bunch of rocks out and they scattered them throughout Siberia and then they went back into the desert and they carved out big blocks and put them on top of each other like Lego blocks and they covered it with sand. And then they built this big thing that when you look at it from the top, it vibrates. It looks like it's moving and vibrating. And then they put these bell-like things on top of it. And the amazing thing is that they did all this stuff with hammers, chisels, ropes, and pulleys. All of these structures are either in the Northern Hemisphere or along the equator. Very little has ever happened in the Southern Hemisphere. And that's a, that's a big problem until you discover the vanished civilizations of Southern Africa. If Southern Africa is supposed to be this cradle of humankind that we keep being told about, there must be stuff that happened there in ancient times. Southern Africa had left behind more than 10 million circular stone ruins, some of them are very large, some of them are small, some of them look insignificant, some of them look like beautiful flowers, and you'll notice that they're all connected to each other by these channels. They do not stand alone. You'll notice that they have extended structures that are covered by soil that move away from the stone circles as we see them sticking out of the ground today. The key thing here is that there are no doors and entrances, so these cannot be dwellings for cows or other animals. They're something else. Archaeological drawings from 1939 clearly indicate that they have no doors and entrances, that they're circular structures all linking to each other. And that is all seated in a large network of agricultural terraces that cover at least 450,000 square kilometers. It is a whole new level on Anunnaki activity. 
and not just Anunnaki, but many other ancient beings that were not necessarily as benevolent as the Anunnaki. Whatever was happening in Southern Africa, they were growing huge amounts of food that were feeding all the other groups of beings around the world. The flagship among all these ruins in Southern Africa unquestionably has become known as Adam's Calendar. This site was rediscovered by Johann Heiner in 2003-2004. It is now, as far as I know, the oldest example of the oldest working sun calendar. It still works. As you can see, the shadow of the, the rock closest to us casts a shadow on the calendar stone, and it moves from the left to the right, from the summer solstice to the winter solstice, and when it reaches the right uh, edge of that calendar stone, it comes back. So you can still tell every day of the year based on the setting of that sun. There's a 3D reconstruction of Adam's calendar where we have a Horus stone. We have three stones, uh, the Orion stones that line up with the rise of Orion. North is on the left, south is on the right. So if you continue north to, to your left, uh, you get to Great Zimbabwe. And if you carry on further north, another 7,000 kilometers, you get to the Great Pyramid of Giza. All perfectly aligned on the 31 degrees east longitudinal line, otherwise known as the Nalotic Meridian. Then we get to the strange and mysterious tools, stone tools and artifacts. I call these the bird-shaped stones. Here's another bird-shaped stone. It looks like it was carved, and then the patina has grown over it. And then the weird cone-shaped tools that I started collecting, scattered across the mountains. Not to forget the donut stones or the torus stones. And there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of these donut shaped stones scattered throughout southern Africa. And that brings us to the stones that ring like bells, these weird elongated stones that look like French loaves that when you tap them they ring so spectacularly, so beautifully, you would not believe it's a stone, it's a bell. The one at the top here, for example, that clearly looks like it was carved or shaped by somebody that doesn't look like a normal stone, and neither does the one at the bottom, and they both ring at the same frequency. Nothing could have prepared me for the discovery of January 2018 when my first stone circle research team accidentally discovered the mud fossils of giants. And there you can see a collection of many of the fossils. Here we have a shoulder blade. We got one rib here. There's another beautiful elongated rib. There are just all kinds of body parts that completely and utterly metamorphosize. Now, there's a heart. You can clearly see the aorta, where the aorta goes at the top. You see the coronary artery crossing the heart. This is about three times the size of a human heart. So this could possibly fit the shape of an Anunnaki. If the Anunnaki were three times the size or twice the size of humans, that could be an Anunnaki heart completely fossilized into Hornfell's rock. This is a huge problem for geology and metallurgy and chemistry. It seems that when these body parts get trapped in mud and water, they completely and utterly transform from whatever organ it was with the internal structure. It completely metamorphosizes into very dense crystalline rock called Hornfell's in geological terms. When these fossils break, and you look at the internal structure. You can't see internal structure. This is the mystery. Only when you look carefully, you start seeing some indications of weird things going on. And you'll see what I mean in a second. But just to the untrained eye, when any of these fossils break, it just looks like black rock known as hornfells or ringstone. We have teeth, hearts, rib. We have identified a few of these fossils and taken them away to the lab to extract DNA. This is like a foot in a leather shoe. Here we've got bones. You can clearly see that that's a bone up there. 
that's not a that's not a, a rock, a fossilized bone, um, and all these others. This is a bone with muscle attached to it. So that's what these rocks look like. That's when the whole muscle and tissue together fossilize. That's what happens. They create these beautiful rounded uh, structures. The fascinating thing about this rib here, that seems to be the one right at the top, except like three or four times the size of a, of a human rib. When you look at it from the edge, it looks like someone cut it with a knife. It was like somebody was having a spare rib feast. Here's a part of a jawbone, this piece that goes up right under your ear here, except that's like 20 times the size of a human. This is a claw from some creature. have no idea, but we're now picking up more and more claws and hooves of creatures. This is a hoof of some creature. This is where the bone would have come in from the top. You can see it's got cut cutting marks, as if somebody actually cut the bone. There's like the talon on the side here. You can see where the talon had broke, broke off. And this is just a shot of a reptilian skin with the meat attached to it. This is a close-up of, of the reptilian skin on one of them. You can actually see the skin at the top and how the epithelial cells are growing up into the skin before they actually reach the top. This entire thing is one piece of Hornfels rock, completely and utterly metamorphosized. This is one of my favorite pieces. Again, the skin there, and then these claw marks or teeth marks. Uh, somebody was having a little steak when a giant wall of mud came and engulfed them all and turned them into mud fossils. The mud fossils of giants and weird creatures have suddenly taken the spotlight off the stone circles and the vanished civilizations because they seem to be everywhere. And we now have to put this into context of what we're dealing with here. We've got this vast civilization with all these terraces everywhere, growing huge amounts of food, millions of stone circles, and now this on top of it? What the hell is going on? And that brings us to the whole biblical story. When the gods were on earth, there were giants. In South Africa, we have the Boskop skull that's about 20% larger than the human skull. And then you start seeing footprints like this that has become far more interesting but nothing like the giant footprint. And this is probably about seven times as large as a human. It's interesting that Klaus Donner actually found the nose bone, the heel bone, and a skull fragment in Ecuador of a giant that was about 10 meters tall. Once we start looking at books of Leviticus and the book of Enoch, everything changes. Because in Leviticus, they tell us that we were like locusts by their side. That's how small we were compared to the giants that lived in that part of the world. It clearly talks about the giants that were 3,000 L's tall. 3,000 L's would make these giants one and a half kilometers tall, or just short of a mile. Now this is a whole nother scale. And we have to start cognitively and consciously thinking about the possibility and probability and reality of these beings that existed on our planet at some time in the past. Stop shoving it aside and ignoring it because his history and oral tradition keeps talking about it and even now in the stone circles you can't get away from it. Suddenly it's all about the bloody giants. Body parts, anatomy makes these weird shapes and not just of humans, of weird creatures that we have no idea what they look like. We don't know how many hearts they had. We don't know if they had blood. We don't know if they were cold-blooded or, or hot-blooded, if they had exoskeletons or, 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 or inner skeletons. We're just speculating. We're just finding these parts, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Look at this. I mean, this is the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. There, that's where the shaft came out and was cut off. 
When you look at this angle, it looks like it's got that reptilian skin there on top as well. You can see that the metamorphosized rock there is completely different because of the, the, the bone marrow and the blood and whatever was in, in that part of the bone when it was cut off. Whoever cut that off or broke it off or severed it off somehow. And then obviously we have the heart, the aorta. And if you think this is a, an interesting aorta and a heart, there you can see it going in there. And there's a, there's a coronary artery going down. Very clear. If there are any physicians here, you'll know what I mean. It's very obvious. Here's a close-up of the, the aorta, where that aorta, I suspect, would have gone in. And um, this, this is propped up right beneath a giant footprint. Like, here it is. It's propped up. It's not accidentally lying there. It's propped up with stones, holding it up. So somebody put it there to draw our attention to the giant footprint. And through some shamanic downloads and shamanic uh, channeling, we've been told that the Anunnaki put this heart there to point to the giant footprint. And they also tell us that they were mining the, the remains of the giants for the gold in the remains of the bones of the giants. What the stone circles are are just cymatic patterns representing the shape of the sound coming out of the ground at that specific place. That's it. So what these ancients knew, or the Anunnaki knew at this stage, I believe the Anunnaki were the ones that built all these, is how to identify the shape of the sound frequency coming out at that specific place. And they placed the rocks on the shape of the cymatic pattern of the sound, in which case they basically amplified those sound frequencies. So they created an amplification structure. So cymatic patterns, that's why each stone circle is completely unique. None are ever the, the same. And this is why we started measuring very powerful frequencies in the gigahertz, sound frequencies coming out of the walls, and electromagnetic fields coming out of the walls, from 400 megahertz all the way up to 1800 megahertz at Adam's calendar. So something else is going on there. Some, there's another mechanism at work there. And uh, there we measured way beyond 375 gigahertz. The guy that was measuring it said he couldn't measure it any higher, but it seems it indicates that it goes a lot higher than that. And then 1,700 megahertz uh, electromagnetic field running horizontally and another one running vertically out of it. So we definitely have a, the indication of a toroidal field there, a toroidal vortex field that's being generated at Adam's calendar itself. And we have these weird flower-shaped ruins, flower-shaped ruins that actually are magnetrons, giant magnetrons built out of quartz. And I asked two magnetron scientists, how much energy would a magnetron 40 or 50 meters in diameter generate build out of pure quartz? And the answer was, more than all the power plants on Earth today. So, whether that's accurate or not, I don't know. The point is, we have thousands of these magnetron-type structures built out of quartz, all connected to each other into that giant grid, creating this huge energy grid of stone circles, magnetrons, generating insane amounts of energy, putting it, pulling it together, and doing something. And that's the question. What were they using all that energy for? The ancient sites are just basically advanced technology on a gigantic scale. And we've never been, been able to see it because most of us don't really see these ancient sites from the air, like the stone circles. When you stand next to it and you walk in these temples in Egypt, it's so overwhelming and so mesmerizing that we don't really see the word for the trees. But when you start looking at it from the air, everything changes. You realize what it's all about. It's not about worshiping and offering food and that. And you start seeing what's going on resonating, vibrating pillars on beautiful platforms 
acoustic chambers and very quickly realize that these are just templates, templates for gigantic circuit boards, gigantic energy circuit boards on a scale that we could not have imagined. And um, because they did this in times where money did not restrict what they were trying to achieve, they did what they had to do to either inhabit a planet or survive or create a result that they were looking for. We have no idea of what happened on this planet. We just literally are like babies waking up from a deep sleep, trying to figure out who we are, where we come from and why we're here, while there's this unwritten, unknown history of our planet that probably goes back a lot further and is a lot more weird and strange and unimaginable than most of us could possibly fathom. If we don't know who we are and where we come from, how could we possibly know where we are going?